Welcome to Power Yourself, where we discuss the most important topic in the world, you. Meditation. We've all heard about it. We all know a little bit about it. But what is meditation really? In today's episode, we break down exactly what is involved when we take the time to meditate. And with me as always in this journey of self-discovery is the one and only Jillian Power. How are you? I'm doing good, Carl. How are you doing? <laughs> well, good. And I'm excited about today's episode because I have to admit, I don't know a lot about the nuts and bolts of meditation. I think I understand it big picture, but I'm really looking forward to deep diving with you today on what exactly the steps are. So I, we have 10 keys to success in today's episode, but I, I hesitate. I don't want to call them 10 steps because they're not really linear. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yep. Okay, so let's start off with the benefits of meditation. So for somebody who may be listening, brand new listener, they might say, you know, I, I keep hearing about meditation. Let me start, let me throw you a curveball right off right off the bat here. What is meditation not? Like, so we all know what meditation is to an extent. It's sitting there, it's breathing, it's trying to be present. But what isn't meditation? So for example, is meditation the idea that it has to be in a very specific place or at a very specific time? Or, or could people meditate anywhere? I definitely think people can meditate anywhere. It's about, in my eyes, controlling your mind a little bit and having that kind of awareness and ability to rein it in. So what it's not, I would say, is chaotic. Definitely not. I would say it's not um, in your face or abrupt. It's smooth. It's supposed to be somewhat easy, forgiveness almost in a way, soft, uh, pleasant, peaceful. And I think a lot of what you're saying sounds amazing. And I think, you know, the benefits of meditation would be something like, you know, reducing stress or improving our concentration. One thing that you've told me that really struck me was that you can meditate uh, for short periods of time. And I think this was really surprising to me because I have to admit a lot of the background around meditation in my life has been what I've seen in either movies or television or what I've heard about. And so it will be often, you know, someone goes to a retreat at the top of a mountain with a bunch of Tibetan monks and they're sitting up there for three weeks and no one's allowed to talk. And I'm thinking that's meditation. That looks like a lot of work. And since I'm not traveling to Tibet anytime soon, and it's not for me. So I tend to discard it. But you're saying you can meditate in your everyday life in little chunks. It doesn't have to be so formalized. Yeah, I definitely believe meditation is... And I would like to really look at the difference someday between meditation and mindfulness. Because to me, they're blurred lines. I feel that mindfulness is a meditation. So it depends on, I guess, what your definition is. I definitely think... Uh, up on top of a Tibetan mountain would be amazing. And <laughs> I would actually love to do that. Uh, but I don't think it necessarily needs to be there. And I think that was my assumption as well when I first started out on this kind of self-awareness journey is that meditation was this big thing. And it's so many elements that you have to like be aware of and you have to have the right candles and setting. And I really thought it was a whole bunch of ingredients that made it up too. But the more I practiced it and the more I participated, the more I realized it's how I want to define it. I love that. So let's jump into that. So we'll run through the benefits of meditation to kind of get just the buy-in here at the start. So someone might be listening and they're on the fence and they're thinking, well, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not completely stressed out in my life. Do I really need meditation? Or, you know, wh- why would somebody pursue meditation? What is the benefits of it? I think there's so many benefits. So I'm going to give you some of the benefits that I see, <laughs> just because there are so many. So you nailed on being present in your life. So that increases the quality of life because you're not you know, way in the past or way in the future, you're in the present moment, sucking it up, taking it in, appreciating it, savoring it. And not only is that benefiting yourself stress-wise and being able to be present, it's also benefiting your relationships. Just imagine if somebody is there with you and that's your company and you're there for them, you're listening to them, you're giving feedback and answering their questions. People feel that presence. So I think not only is it beneficial on the inward, it's also beneficial for all the outside interactions of ourselves too. So I think it's fair to say that meditation is almost like a skill that you can get good at over time. And then you can use that skill in your daily life to help improve the quality of your life for yourself and your friends. I think it's inevitable. I think it feeds itself. Other thing I think it really contributes to would be clearing of your mind. Okay, so I've described my brain prior to my journey as a bee's nest. I've always said that. Crazy chaos, mad, 16 things going on at once. But that meditation, it helps clear it. So I wanna I wanna be really straight here. It's not clearing it meaning there's nothing in there. It's clearing it, meaning I have control over what I'm choosing to think about. So I feel like I control what I'm giving the time and energy to versus 16 competing dialogues happening in my head. So it allows me for that cleanliness approach when I'm tackling situations. Other stuff is floating on up there, but you have the ability now to be like, no, not right now. I'm actually in this moment and this is what I'm choosing to think about. Fantastic. Now there's one other benefit I just want to mention and there are some health, there's some physical health benefits to meditation as well. So if we think about our daily lives, you know, throughout the week, our work week, and then even on the weekends, our lives can be really hectic. Our lives can be chaotic. So even taking even five, 10, 20 minutes a day to relax, to be present, that can really have long-term positive effects on our health. Health, stress, sleep, (laughs) they all kind of feed into each other, but absolutely, yep. So on today's episode, we're going to drill down on 10 kind of keys for meditation. So these don't need to be in any linear order, but I would suggest, um, and feel free to jump in here, Jillian, that, that if the listener is interested in these 10 keys, they can maybe write down the 10 keys as we go through them feel free to listen to this podcast again. And what we're going to do is put up a little graphic on our Facebook page. So there's a Power Yourself Facebook page, and we'll list these 10 steps as well. So it'll be under the Photos section on our Facebook page. Just click on the photos, and you'll be able to pull these 10 keys to great meditation uh, for future reference. Maybe put them on the fridge or something if you're so inclined. So let's jump into the first key. 10 things to consider for meditation. Key number one, the place. Set aside a special place for meditation. The atmosphere you create will help ease the mind. So what we're talking about here is sight, smell, searching for some sort of calm or quiet place, and searching for some sort of a relaxing place. Can you break that down for us, Jillian? What do do we mean when we talk about finding the place to meditate? 
finding a place that's resonating for you. So you kind of got to be careful in my opinion or in my experience. I would say you want it clean and tidy so that your mind is not going to be distracted and want to do something as you're trying to meditate. So a blank room is a really nice place to start. Now, mind you, we don't always have that and that's okay. So it's about trying to clean up the space that you will choose to meditate in, or maybe even designating a space, designating one space in your house, allowing yourself to have your own clean space that's away from distractions. So it could be a room in the house, for example? Oh, 100%. Okay. Only thing I would kind of pitch is don't do it in your bedroom. Okay. Uh And why is that? Just because, or if you are just trying to do it in your bed, because a lot of people fall asleep, or your bedroom's for other things too. So not saying that it can't be your bedroom, but just saying to designate some kind of space that you can go to meditate. So would you recommend, for example, um, somebody, uh, like could you meditate, for example, uh, going for a walk? Is that something like, could you meditate while you're also doing another activity? Or do you recommend somebody is stationary seated somewhere in in the house? That's a great question. I think it really depends on what your purpose is. So if your purpose is to be present in the moment and just kind of go through that, I think you can absolutely go for a walk or you can do multiple things uh, while trying to do that as well. For me, what I'm kind of talking about in this segment of meditation, I'm thinking about more of, you know, the cleansing of your mind or really concentrating on what you're putting in your mind or like the mantras or, you know, that kind of stuff. So in those types of meditations, I would be more inclined to create a space for myself. Fantastic. So that'll bring us now to key number two, which is the time. Find a time when meditation has the greatest chance for success during your day. When is your mind most free of everyday concerns? Do you want to break that down for us, Jill? What what are we talking about here when we talk about the time of day or even the time of week? Well, I love it because we can sit here and talk about these 10 things and what about what about these 10 things mean to us, but everybody's going to get a different meaning. Absolutely. So just kind of know that going in there. But time, I would say a designated time. So I love that you just said about either like a time that's in the morning or in the evening or something like that that's resonating with you. Absolutely. That's a great goal. And all I would pitch in regards to the time aspect would be designated time. So in our lives, we get really busy and we push things aside and we might not feel that we have time for it. But I feel when we schedule those important things, it's when our life seems more attainable. So I would suggest definitely setting time in your schedule to actually do a meditation. So you can run into a bit of a danger in your everyday life if you're waiting for a time that's convenient to meditate because that time may never come. That's exactly it. I love it. So let's go to key number three, which is the habit. Using the same time and place each day will train your body and mind to slow down, relax, and get focused. Now, I love this one because I am a big fan of training your brain. And I think maybe this leads back to what you are saying before, that if you associate your bedroom with going to sleep, then that might not be the best place for you to associate with meditation as well. Or if there's a space in your house that is typically very busy, you, you might be predisposed to become activated mentally when you enter that room. 
So if I understand this one correctly, it's to find a place, find a time, and then the important piece is to stick to that over a course of time so that your body becomes trained to it. And that's it. So notice that all three of those things are actually linked. The place, the time, and the habit. Okay. So it's the place of having that designated, you know, space for the time, making sure that you're setting time aside. And then the habit, that kind of accountability, making sure you are making that a piece of your daily interaction with yourself. Fantastic. So we'll jump now into key number four, which is the posture. So I really like this because we're, we're getting into the nuts and bolts now of actually what it means to sit there and meditate or stand there and meditate, whatever it may be. So wherever we are, we could be in a room in the house, we could be in the backyard, wherever it may be. We've picked the time, we've picked the place. And now we'll talk about key number four, the posture. Sit with your back, neck and head in a straight line. Be comfortable, but alert. Can you talk a little bit about that? What do you, what do you use? And of course, knowing that everyone's different, what what works for you when you meditate, and, and what does that physically look like? Well, I'll tell you, it didn't work for me first. <laughs> and that was lying down. I used to do it. I would say for probably about the first six months when I got serious about it, I used to do it in bed just before I went to sleep, and that wasn't the best recipe for me. It was great because it led me into a really nice sleep, but I wasn't really getting the meditation piece out of it. I was just allowing it as a tool to get myself to sleep more so. So for me, it's not about lying down and being too relaxed because it's almost like then I, I go into super Zen state and like I said, fall asleep. So for me, it really is about concentrating on those lines. So how you just mentioned about your back being straight, your neck being straight. And it's kind of, it, I don't want to throw you off a little bit here, but it's it's a little bit about being in line upward, if that makes sense. So like for me, what I'm thinking of when I'm kind of posturing myself is being aligned up to the sky and being aligned into the ground. Oh, so interesting. Ground it and kind of aware. Oh, okay. Well, that's so, an interesting way to look at it. I like that. It's easy to remember. You can be like there's up and there's down and you're kind of aligning yourself vertically a little bit. Yeah. And I feel it kind of gives you that it gives you a base to start. So for me, it gives me that sense of groundedness and like even so simple as for me when I'm doing it, my palms are always up and I, I can't even tell you why that is. I can't even tell you if somebody taught me how to do that. I know that naturally my palms always go up when I meditate. So it's about, I would say the posture more so finding what fits with you and listening to your body as you're doing it to see if there's any varieties when you're meditating with the different postures. So you could try, for example, sitting on the floor, or you could try sitting on a chair. Absolutely. Okay. Or Why you, could, not? you could try standing. Is that another one? Who knows? I think it's whatever fits for you. I really don't think it's these 10 lines and you have mm -hmm. to do them. It's the only way to success. I believe like anything in life, it's how we spin it to incorporate and make it our own. Okay. Yeah. But I would say just be aware of your posture. Because I feel that that can really contribute to a very powerful meditation and a very sleepy meditation. <laughs> right. So you want to find a balance between being super alert and falling asleep Absolutely. somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Well, key number five in that regard is talking about breathing. And of course, breathing, something we do all the time, um, it's almost like we don't really think about it until 
uh, until we start meditating. And then it can almost be um, one of those things that when we shine a light on it, suddenly it, it, it becomes almost uncomfortable. You know, like, so like, like how often do we think about breathing? I mean, hardly ever. Right. And then I start thinking about it and it's like, uh, uh, you start gasping for air and you're like, this is so not natural. Right. I love it that you said that yeah. because it is, it's like, Oh my God, how did I do this so unconsciously? Right. It's so strange. Like I'm, I'm fascinated by how our body knows to breathe our entire lives. It's very, very foreign um, concept because we, actively spend our day actively doing things and I never think about it. And then you're, now I'm looking at this, you know, breathing. Oh my goodness. What if, what if I'm not doing it correctly? How many different ways are there to breathe? You know, so I can get a little bit, a little bit of a stress, uh, stress piece there. Okay. So we'll talk about breathing here. So we'll start with a minute of deep breathing and then slow it down. So I like that because the instruction now to me is saying purposely breathe deep, purposely slow it down ultimately establish a rhythmic breathing pattern. So I like that because rather than me just focusing on what I'm doing, it's the instructions are asking me to do something, which I think I can get behind. So the idea of breathing deep for about a minute, and that really sets us mentally and physically into a calming space. Yeah. And that can actually be a meditation. If you just want to focus on your breathing, that can be a whole meditation if you want it to be. You can focus on the air coming into your lungs and all the kind of stuff you don't need anymore leaving through your mouth or your nostrils. You can make that a whole meditation. And I would say I definitely did that for months on end before I even started to get to any like context wise in my meditation. I also think the breathing, it's going to help you another tool for grounding yourself. And guys, what I mean when I'm saying grounding yourself, I'm just being in in the place for it kind of not distracted or floating away in a way with all the rat race that is life. It's being the here and now and ability to be able to focus on one set thing. I just wanted to kind of put words to that. Uh, but breathing, if you want to focus on that before you even get started in meditation, I think it's a huge catapult ahead because it's allowing you to set the stage. Okay, so it's taking the time, really having some cleansing breaths coming in and going out. And it really, yeah, it sets the tone for a good meditation, I would say. So we've covered so far five of the 10 keys to meditation. And what I really liked was at the start of this podcast, I went through the, the benefits with you of meditation. And for a person like myself, I can imagine me sitting there breathing and the first thing that would pop into my head is, what's the point of this? I'm, I'm supposed to sit here and focus on my breathing. Like that's where my mind would go naturally. So I like the fact that we went through the benefits of meditation. So just remember when we're starting this uh, journey of meditation, like myself, you may start to wonder, why am I doing this? So remember, the, the goal of this is to reduce stress, improve concentration, encourage a healthy lifestyle, and practice self-awareness. So the whole purpose of this is to remove those other pieces of our life and choose to focus on one thing specifically uh, as we get into meditation. So I'll run through the first five here very quickly. Quick recap. The place, the time, the habit, the posture, and the breathing. So that brings us now to key number six, as we start to get into meditation, we've set the stage, which I love how you so beautifully just said, we've set the stage with the first five keys. The sixth key now is the mind. So this really, I think, is the key or a major key to meditation, the mind, instructing your mind to remain quiet, still, and calm 
during the meditation session. Is this probably, I'm guessing, one of the areas where the wheels fall off and people are trying to meditate and they're, they're, they, they have trouble quieting their mind? I think this is the part where people, first of all, can have a misconception of what this means. I definitely think it can mean multiple things. I think that people can be the hardest on themselves with, and it's not necessarily has grounds for it. Okay. So by that, I mean the mind, like, guys, we're human. We're always going to have thoughts that pop in and pop out. So it's not about shutting it down. It's not about turning off the volume or making it an absolute silence. Like, I would love, I know there's people out there who have done that maybe, and that's a really cool tool, but I don't think you guys have to feel that you need to get there right away. I think the whole piece about the mind is just having more control. So knowing thoughts are coming in and maybe just acknowledging that you're not going to give it space right now. And by that, I mean, let's say my grocery list pops into my head. Let's say my to-do list for tomorrow pops into my head. Not focusing on it. So not, okay, I need apples. I need plums. I need, you know, bread. I need butter. It's no I'm not going to give space in my mind for that right now. I acknowledge it. So I'm not ignoring it. Here's a big piece. A lot of people try to ignore. I'm not thinking it. I'm not thinking it. I'm not thinking it. But when you do that, you actually end up focusing on it. I was just going to say that. If, if we walked into a room together and you said, that's my water glass, under no circumstances, do not touch the water glass. Well, that's all I'm going to be thinking about for the next 45 minutes is, Oh, good grief. I don't want to touch the water glass. Now all I want to do is touch the water glass. That's all I can think about, right? So You and everybody else in that room. <laughs> right. So I do think that there's some uh, some quality that we can add to the meditation session by thinking about something rather than not thinking about something. If you say to me, don't think about the grocery list, well, now by definition, I've just thought about it. So I like the idea of acknowledging it, not pushing it away right away in anger, but saying, okay, it's there. I see it. I acknowledge it. And now I will gently move it out. And then do you replace it with something else? What, yeah, what's, and yeah. that's what we'll get down to okay. when we talk about uh, some focal points or the object or something oh, well, like that's that. A yeah. perfect so transition. It'll, okay. it will lead into it. But just remember, thoughts will always come in and go out of your mind. And it's your your mind's job to make it important and make you feel like you have to think about it. Don't forget that. So don't be mad at your mind because it's telling you to think something. So it's just bringing right. it in your head. So It's doing what it's designed to do. 100%. Now, our job, if we ever want to have control of our own minds, is to acknowledge it and to just not give it the space. So not allow it to be the dominant record on the player at the moment. So if you're like me, dear listener, you're sitting here thinking, so if I'm supposed to push out the grocery list... What do I replace it with? And that brings us to key number seven, which is the focal point. Bring the mind to rest on the focal point. Now, a suggestion would be a point between your eyes or perhaps in the middle of your chest. So can you talk about this? This is kind of, I really like this one because this is really getting into now what to me meditation truly is. We've, we've found the space, we've found the time, we've shut out a bunch of extraneous stimuli. And now I'm sitting in a room by myself alone and I'm thinking about peanut butter on the grocery list and I'm going, no, no, push that away. Can you talk about the focal point and what that means to, to have us focus on something that we maybe can't even see? 
So the focal point and the object, which are two right after each other or two right together, focal point is going to technically be a piece of your body. So there you go. It gives you something on your body to focus on. Now the object that we'll get into a little bit in a second, that's going to be more like your saying or your thought or maybe that abstract thing that is not here. So first, let's look at the focal point. So focal point, it could be any part of your body. It could be your finger. It could be your toe. It could be your belly button. A common place I use would be my top three is the top of my head. Okay, so right at the top, like if you put your hand right at the top of your head, that's a part that I would focus on. I would also focus uh, on my, what they call your third eye. Okay, so like a little bit above I'm trying to, I'm pointing on my head, guys, for those of you who can't see. So just in the middle of your forehead, okay? So right in the middle of your face almost. Um, everybody's kind of seen pictures. I'm going to ask, yeah, just tap into that visualization for a second. That third eye is another very Almost common. like right in between your eyebrows. Yeah, but it's a little right, bit A little bit up. higher? Okay. Yeah. Different pictures show different things, but... Yeah, wherever okay. you focus it to be, that's another piece. Another big one for me would be in my heart or more the center of my chest. So when you say you focus on these, what what do you mean by that? So I'm thinking of like the top of your head, for example. You can't see it. Are you touching it? Are you literally imagining what it looks like? What Can you break that down for us? What does it mean when you say you're focusing on that piece? Yeah, I think it's different things you can do. So let's go to something very common that when you're starting out, you would probably do, and that's the breath, right? So people would probably, they could use their mouth as the focal point because you're breathing the air in. So you're focusing on the breath coming in through your mouth. So your mouth is your concentration. Like that's where your focus is, okay? So it's focusing on the energy coming into your body. Or maybe in that exact same meditation, somebody's choosing to really focus on their lungs, okay? So focusing on their lungs, expand when the air comes in and extract when you're blowing out. So maybe that's the focus. So it's just something in your body. So for me, when I'm, let's say, doing the the heart, okay, so in the middle of your chest, I'm just focusing on the energy of my body actually being there. Now, it could be energy. I know some people, that word doesn't really click with them. could even be the breath. It could be blood flow. Blood flow is a good one. You can do one on circulation. You could start at the top of your head, and a really good meditation is actually every breath in, every second breath, you switch what your focal point is. And I'm focusing on the energy and blood flow going to my head, then I'm going to focus on it going to my nose, then I'm going to focus on it going through my chin. And you actually, it's kind of mind blowing when you really get into it, you can actually feel your body heat up a little bit, like my toes are freezing. And I honestly, and I know that sounds like, I know when I first heard it, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> But if you focus, you honestly can heat that area of your body up. Wow. I know. That sounds it sounds a bit hocus pocus. I know. I know how bad that sounds. I don't need to go to a mountaintop <laughs> in Tibet. I can just hang out with you for an hour. This is amazing. But it's all about control of your mind. Like, I really want to go back to that. Guys, you have so much power. So it's about whatever you're focusing and whatever you want that to experience to be, you will actually make it. Yeah, it's funny. I don't think that I've really ever sat there and focused on 
something so specific like my belly button or top of my head. That's an interesting technique. I'm looking forward to trying that. A lot of people do the chakras. So if you've heard of that, like um, I'm not really up on the chakras, so I'm sure somebody could totally school me and I would love that experience. (laughs) Uh, But different chakras kind of equate to different parts or kind of what you want to release in your life or maybe what you want to open up in your life. Um, So your third eye is like wisdom or something like that, or your heart would be love and stuff like that. So if you want to focus on a chakra, that's another experience you can do too. Wow. Yeah, Different options. So I, I think the big thing and the reason I was so excited when you chose this topic, Carl, is because there's so many different ways. There's no one way for everybody. So it's, it's the same with anything in life. If you want to do it, you can make it your own. Just make it something that's appealing for you. And I think that's uh, something that is really hitting home with me is I was always nervous that I was, quote unquote, doing it wrong. And I, what I hear you saying is if I find something that works for me, then it's really impossible to do it wrong because by definition, I'm choosing something that's working for myself. And that's it. And I think anybody who's really into that type of lifestyle, and by that I mean self-awareness, self-acceptance, forgiveness, I think anybody would encourage you to just find your own find your own fit and do it. We'll jump into the last three keys here. Key number eight is the object. So Jillian hinted at this a bit before. We were talking about the focal point, and she mentioned about um, possible mantra, and that's what key number eight is, is the object. Choose an object of concentration, such as a mantra. You can choose a positive quality like love or compassion, or pick any symbol that is uplifting. Now you can hold the object on your focal point mentally. And I like this idea. So you pick a, a concept or, or a, an idea and then you like mentally in your mind, you place it on the focal point. And I, and I love that because then you can kind of mix and match. So if I was you know interested in calming, I could, you know, what would be something I could pick if I wanted to do re- relaxation? Does anything come to mind? What would I pick? Oh, what would be an wow. example? What would you pick as the object? Yeah, like mean? what would I pick? Like, yeah, so I, like whatever. You could say like river. You could, oh, or okay. you, so you could do something like that, or you Great. could be like peaceful and kind of make an association to you what's in your head for peacefulness. Oh, or okay. Peace. So, so let's say, so I'm, so I'm going to throw this out here. I could be totally wrong. Um, feel free to let me know if I'm way off base. But let's say I'm having a really busy month and I'm stressed out and there's lots of things happening. So I've said to myself, okay, you know what? I'm going to meditate and I'm going to work on relaxation. Okay. That's going to be the goal of my meditation. So I could pick a focal point like my head, like my brain or my, my, my ears or something like that. And then I would pick something that's very relaxing, like say a waterfall. And then I would mentally picture the waterfall being placed on me, like on like the like the thought being placed on the focal point. Is that the idea behind this? I think it's like that's a once again the fun part of make it your own. And if that's what you take it to be, then yes, of course, that's absolutely it. But say a common one for me would be on my heart. So chest, that's my focal point. So that might be the area of concentration that's keeping me uh, to be present or maybe allowing me to focus the breath in and out and making the energies come here. But then I would say the object for me would probably be gratitude. So I would kind of think of gratitude and happiness and how it's expanding my heart, how it's making my heart feel, how it's making me feel so full and so loved and so in abundance and so overwhelmed. 
So that's what I would kind of suggest bringing your focal point in with the object. Does that make sense? That's fantastic. I love that. Um, I like our, I think our two examples are completely different mm -hmm. and they're both a hundred percent right. Th yeah. They both could, could work under the right circumstances. Yeah. So to fantastic. go back to your peacefulness and waterfall, you could even like your mind is a perfect place to kind of go there for it. Or I would associate your mind as a really good place to go for the relaxation one because your mind's the busy part, right? So if you allow your mind to focus on that waterfall and it's almost allowing the thoughts to wash away, to go down over oh, the waterfall. I like that one. You know, so it's kind of trying to bring that object and the focal point together. And there's no right or wrong answer for that. It's however you envision that process to be. That's awesome. I love that. So let's go to key number nine, which is give space. Give your mind space and permission to wander at first. It will jump around, but eventually settle down. Your breathing will slow and your concentration will improve. And I think you had mentioned this earlier about how thoughts will enter our mind and we shouldn't judge our brain and be angry at our brain because that's what it's designed to do. Yeah. And I would say the give space for me would be give space for mistakes, guys. You're human. No one's coming out of this to get a medal or anything like that. You're trying to improve your life. That's the goal. That's all. You're trying to clean up your mind. You're trying to allow some peace and quiet and maybe some pleasant thoughts to be the dominant record. So give space, give space to mistakes. Mistakes are going to happen. And it's not even such a mistake because it can be an opportunity for learning. So when you have a whole bunch of thoughts or maybe a really busy day and you get peppered in your mind with all those different things that you have to do, that can be a lesson for yourself. So don't go too hard on yourself. Just be like, okay, here's an opportunity for me to practice those tools for me to say, Hey thought, I acknowledge you. I know you're there. I'm just choosing not to give you time and space right now. So give space for mistakes. I, I love the idea that that, to me, it feels like you're building up your mental muscle over time. Carl, boom. That's it. That's exactly <laughs> what you're doing. That is it. And then if life hands you a particularly bad day, you may be better equipped to handle it because of these skills that you have grown over time. 100%. That is... So spot on and the perfect kind of sum up for it. And that's all it is. We're trying to give you a tool such as meditation and all these like 10 semi tools to help you in real life situations, to help you when you're feeling overwhelmed or in a usual situation where you shut down. You don't necessarily need to do that. It's a choice. You can choose to shut down or you can choose to use these tools and help get you through. Always, always, always your choice. And we'll take us to the last key, which is key number 10, disassociate. If your mind continues to wander, simply disconnect from it. Watch your mind from a third party perspective as if you were watching a film. I love this one. I love this idea that if there's a, a, pro, a quote unquote problem, if your mind continues to think about the car keys or the grocery list or whatever it may be, we can almost take an analytical approach to it. We can step back and think and look at ourselves and go, Oh, it's interesting how the human is behaving with that person being us. And we can look at it as a third party and say, fascinating, let's explore this without trying to fix it immediately. We can just 
watch it as if we were watching an animal in the zoo. But it's us in the zoo. And it's a meditation in itself. It can be your meditation is just disassociating. So looking at the thoughts coming in and out and actually giving them the time and the space just to see where they go, just to see what that big deal was that why it had to be thought of at this moment and see the thought through. Wow. So it's a, it's a tool. It's definitely a tool. Uh, I definitely used it probably earlier on. And I would say that I use it when I'm I feel chaotic or really busy or stressed out. Maybe just allowing myself the opportunity to catch up and let my mind go to where it needs to go or where it feels it needs to go. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode on meditation and the 10 keys to successful meditation. And again, we want to stress, you don't need to use these 10 keys in linear order. Feel free to write them down feel free to go to our Facebook page and pull the photo off, which will show those 10 keys. And speaking of social media, we encourage you to go to our Facebook page and check it out. It's called Power Yourself. So if you go into Facebook and search for Power Yourself, it'll pop up. You can like us, follow us. You can ask us a question. You can comment. We encourage you to get involved. So on that note, We'll end uh, today's podcast with a mantra of our own, a very mantra, uh, a grateful mantra saying thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your time listening to this podcast and thank you for all the great feedback we've received and we will catch you next time. For Power Yourself, I'm Carl. And I'm Jillian. And we'll see you next time.